Hey everyone, welcome back to Southminster Presbyterian Church's weekly Lenten podcast. This is fun doing this again, Josh. Mm-hmm. Good to have you here. Good to have everyone joining here. us for our uh, second uh, Lenten uh, reflection. Yeah, two weeks into Lent and we are um, on our way as we have some events that are coming up tonight and just make sure that you check the website of what we're going to be offering throughout uh, the time of Lent and Easter. But as we do that, um, let us kind of take a moment in and kind of call ourselves um, to worship uh, here today. From where will our help come? Our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Who is our keeper? The Lord is our keeper by day and by night. How long will God protect us? God will keep our going out and our coming in from this time on and forevermore. Thanks be to God. So uh, as we gather for these podcasts, we like to go into the scriptures for the day. And so uh, as we do that, I'm going to invite you to hear this prayer for illumination as we invite God's spirit into uh, our uh, minds and our hearts as we listen to God's word. God of signs and wonders, we come to your word again and again, seeking understanding and the new life it offers. By the power of your Holy Spirit, illumine our hearts and minds so that we may believe this testimony and have eternal life. In the name of Jesus Christ, our teacher and Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen. Our two texts that we have um, this week, uh, we are in year A of our lectionary cycle, and this being the second Sunday of Lent. um, Our first reading is Genesis 12, 1 through 4. A, and then also our gospel text will be John 3, 1 through 17. Feel free to find that in your Bible at home or while you're listening. But if you're driving, um, do not do that. Um, and we will <laughs> read the verses uh, here together. So let us now hear uh, God's word proclaimed to us today. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. And then from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 17, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it's not possible to see God's kingdom. Nicodemus asked, how is it possible for an adult to be born? It's impossible to enter the mother's womb for a second time and be born, isn't it? Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born anew. 
God's spirit blows wherever it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. It's the same with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said, how are these things possible? Jesus answered, you are a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? I assure you that we speak about what we know and testify about what we have seen, but you don't receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the human one. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the human one be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him won't perish, but will have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. So uh, we're continuing to use uh, feasting on the word as uh, com- worship companion and the liturgy that they have for this um, week. And I would encourage anyone, if you need kind of that weekly, you know, we always look for a, a devotion series and things like that. Uh, my two big re- recommendations are always this book and then uh, Common Prayer or one that's um, about ordinary radicals uh, are kind of the three big ones that uh, we use and that I uh, that I've loved using throughout ministry because at the end of the liturgy it has questions for reflection. And so Steve and I are going to bounce um these questions out um throughout um our discussion here today but also we encourage for you to find uh someone maybe in your family someone that you could have um these kind of questions and and this kind of reflection for you to kind of do that exploration. And so the question is this, consider a time when you felt uncertain. Can you see how God was at work in your life at this time? What from Abram or Sarai and Sarai's story or from the Nicodemus story is a help to you as you look for evidence of God's presence in your own life? So I ask that question again. Consider a time when you felt uncertain. Can you see how God was at work in your life at that time? What from Abram or Sarai's story or from Nicodemus's story is a help to you as you look for evidence of God's presence in your own life? For me, uh, I think... I connect more with Abram, Abram and Sarai's story and their invitation to mm. go, uh, the call from God to a journey, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they are in a time of uncertainty. And maybe it's because when I look back in hindsight, those are often the times when I see God uh, present uh, in the midst of the unknown, the uncertainty. Um, that's when I feel, well... <laughs> the question, the reflection question sort of uh, uh, leads into that, doesn't it? And I think that's why Abram and Sarai's story here, I find it easier to think about that than Nicodemus' story. Nicodemus seems like he comes fairly certain of himself yeah, as a, a teacher uh, mm-hmm. of Israel. Um, and so I wonder what prompts him to come to Jesus. Is he come look, looking for 
he's looking for something. Mm-hmm. What? Why? Yeah, I think for me, like with Nicodemus, he's a he's everything to me is task versus relationship, and Jesus is over the moon of qualities of a relationship. Yeah. That is what Jesus yearns for. That is what Jesus teaches is relationship, relationship, relationship. And Nicodemus, I think is the task. Yeah. Right. And he's a Pharisee. And so there are laws, you follow the law, you get the check mark, you can go about your day, you can lord over someone else because you have checked more boxes than they have. And I think that that's where Nicodemus is like, yeah. there's something reworking here, right? Like that, that you're, there's not a much of a checkbox here in Jesus's kind of mindset. Maybe what to love the Lord, your God with all your heart and all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. You know? And if those are the two that are going to come, you know, there's not, you know, you think of Jesus and the vessels, right? Like, you know, that there's this purification act that has to happen, right? The Pharisees are, you know, that you, that you have to cleanse these bowls. And Jesus yeah. is like, it's not what yeah. comes in you. It is what comes out of you. And he's not meaning in the digestible way yeah. of this food. <laughs> and so, you know, and so that's where I think Nicodemus is coming from. I love yeah. the story of Nicodemus because he sounds like a sixth grader asking yep. as many questions as, you know, as, as you can. And so I think you know, that there's some parallels, you know, and someone that has loved working in children and youth ministry. And we think, let the children come to me are the physical bodies of children, right? And that they have to meet this age requirement. But I think if we're honest with ourselves and within the church and, you know, that some of us have a child like faith, have a faith yeah. where it's like, it's not very mature. It's not very, you know, kind of centered. We, we haven't explored that piece as much as that Jesus allows us, you know, to kind of enter into. And I think Nicodemus is going on for me. I don't know if you have any. Yeah, no, I would, uh, uh, I would agree that Nicodemus is intriguing, but mm-hmm. he's intriguing for what is behind the story. What, what right. isn't, what isn't said here? Cause right. if we assume he is a leader. He sort of he's done everything in his life uh, to be in a good position uh, in society to 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 do what he's supposed to do. He's mm-hmm. a good a good church leader, but there must be something missing. I mean, why is he coming? What is he longing for? And mm-hmm. I love I love that question. And I would love to know. We don't get to hear the rest of Nicodemus's right. story. I mean, yeah. Well, he's at the cross. Like that's where they, some people think that he's the one, you know, kind of the Pharisee that's hanging around, hmm. you know, there, there, there's, man, there's conversations, yeah, yeah. right. Uh, of that, <laughs> that he was there. And so, you know, most Pharisees were, you know, kind of turning yeah. back, you know, was he a part of that crowd right, right. that was, was in there. And so that's what some yeah, yeah. theologians would argue, uh, where Nicodemus was on, yeah, yeah. uh, Golgotha. Well, and I like that as the end of the story. That's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but again, we don't know, yeah. you know, for for certain, you know, John doesn't allow us, you know, that, that knowledge. But yeah, I, I think, you know, as well within Nicodemus, you know, like, you know, Pharisees are a frustrating group, you know, to yeah. defend. But in this case, without this conversation, we wouldn't recognizably get the most easily the most famous or the most well-known scripture verse yeah. of John three sixteen, you know? And, and so I think, you know, there's, there's this parts of like where with, with uncertainty, right? Like that's the question that we have yeah, to ask yeah. is that even in our uncertainty, 
God gives us the language and, and what that does and how that transforms us. You know, like the, the words that Nicodemus is given by yeah. Jesus has transformed countless amount of lives because of John three sixteen and just that realization yeah. that kind of comes with it. And so I think that to me is where I really recognize and love the uncertainty yeah. in Nicodemus because he comes in with uncertainty. He comes in with questions. He comes in with that, that faith seeking understanding, right? St. Yeah. Anselm or St. Augustine, whoever that was. Um, and then the, to understand that is given the most powerful words, you know, that I think, you know, are, are coined yeah. in our human history with, with, with that being John three sixteen, And so with, um, Adam and Sarah or Abram and Sarah, not Adam and Sarah, <laughs> Abraham and Sarah, I think for me, it wasn't discussed in this one, but one thing that, you know, that I've enjoyed is, <laughs> is how much Abraham lied yeah, yeah, and yeah. God still had faith yeah. and still kind of pushed. Like we, you know, coming out of a Wesleyan background and the pursuit of perfection and the idea of being per perfect um, has always been around, you know, kind of in the ethos of, of how I grew up and, and things like that, that, it, that we can, yeah, you know, yeah. achieve that, you know, type deal within that Wesleyan theology mindset. But right off the bat, with, Ad, uh, with yeah. Abraham and Sarah, we see him lying almost yeah. anytime, you know, trouble comes anytime, you know, it kind of goes like he is not, you know, this like bold courager yeah. of faith. If you look at the whole, yeah. you know, kind of story. And I think that that's where for me, you know, even whenever I can get down on myself, maybe I lie, maybe I try to convince myself something else. I, I just try to weasel my way out of whatever that God can still use yeah. me, that I'm still not a terrible person, that it doesn't define me, right? Like it's that Brian Stevenson quote, you know, the worst thing doesn't define you. Um, the worst day of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, and so that's what I really like within Abram's story yeah. and Sarai's story is that kind of piece. And so that's it for me of, of where we're going um, and kind of that reflection piece. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Calvin would say human depravity, baby. Yeah. All <laughs> that's, that's good old reform tradition. Um, so we're not going to have, this is a great conversation. We're not yep. going to have this uh, Wednesday night when we gather for uh, our, our meal and fellowship. We're, that's where we're going to talk more about the, uh, uh, Get into the eight habits. Yeah, the eight habits. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And radical welcome being um, this week's topic. Yeah. And whenever we think of radical welcome, it is automatically kind of brought into invitation team. Yeah. And so invitation is going to lead Wednesday Wednesday's night Wednesday night's discussion um, this week. And so you know, we don't really want to jump too much yeah, onto yeah. their thunder. But what we do want to have is a little bit of thing. This is what is suggested in the curriculum. Um, yeah. that was given to us with the PCUSA who put this together. And so I'm going to read through it and then maybe we'll uh, talk about which one kind of jumps out yeah. to us. So the habits for a radical welcome, develop a plan that all can participate in. Don't always expect them to come to you. Reflect diversity in who leads. Worship should not always be how it has always been. Do your own work. Even if not on the first try, yeah. don't give up. 
And so is there anything that kind of sticks out to you, Pastor Steve? Well, I'm going to connect this to what we just talked about and, and John 3, 16. Right. I mean, I think the reason that we, we want to learn to be radically welcoming is uh, because God was first radically welcoming mm. all of us. Mm -hmm. uh, for God so loved the world that God didn't stand back and wait for us to come to God, right? Right. God uh, came in the person of Jesus. I mean, if you go through all of these habits of radical welcome. In some way, you see God uh, exhibiting them in God's own self. You know, don't don't keep doing what you've always done and expect Absolutely. expect people to come or respond. You see God, uh, God who is uh, immutable, right? Doesn't mm -hmm. change, and yet God's approach uh, has changed right. through history because uh, He knows we <laughs> are uh, changeable. Oh, for sure. I think uh, for me, the ones, you know, that kind of really pick up is even not on the first try, don't give up. Like, yeah. Yeah. and so there's a little bit of Jimmy V, you know, don't give up, don't ever give up, you know, and that's against cancer diagnosis. And so we, we know the, the, um, spectrum that this yeah. kind of lies on, but I think, yeah, there's so often that like if an event doesn't succeed or if it's not being yeah. received well, you know, that our first thing is like, just pivot to something else. And I think if we stay the course, if we know that this is what God is speaking to us and how we should kind of live that out, then don't be Abram, right? Like don't, right. don't shift to whatever need is there, but like kind of stay, you know, kind of on course, you know, go to like, so to speak. And so to make sure that, um, that there's that. I think developing a plan that all can participate in as someone that uh, is over children and youth ministry, like I think anytime they can be involved, the better. Because, you know, not only does it show that, hey, we respect and value these voices, yeah. but also that, that whenever someone can see themselves, you know, do something that they can lean in on that a little bit more. And yeah, I think that that is the biggest thing of, of what to do. And I think don't always expect them to come to you. Right. Yeah. Like that goes a yeah. little bit back to the Nicodemus yeah. and Jesus story is, you know, Nicodemus wasn't going to sit around and wait for Jesus to come to him, yeah. you know, and that yeah. Jesus, you know, that he went straight to Jesus and was able to kind of have those discussions. And so I think, um, you know, if Nicodemus was just like, oh, well, I'm, I'm the Pharisee. Uh, I work in, you know, the temple and yep. Jesus eventually will come around yep. to yep. shake the Pharisee's hands because that's just what, you know, a good Jewish boy would do. That's not really the case. And so if we think the same thing within our church, you know, being more proactive instead of reactive is a, is a huge kind of win, yeah. I think, for the church collectively getting behind that mindset. So this is a little sneak peek. Uh, yes. Uh, we will have a much uh, more engaging, uh, fuller conversation around yep. this uh, and we look forward, night. Yeah. yeah, and we look forward to the invitation team um, coming in and presenting that discussion and how we can kind of sit around the table, eat some Chick-fil-A nuggets and talk a yeah. lot about um, what does it mean to have radical welcome be a part of our habits. Yep. Yep. So we'll, we will offer a charge and a blessing as we um, end this. And I will start with the charge and Pastor Steve will end um, with the blessing. And so our charge says this, go out in faith, trusting in God's sense of direction. Remember how much God loves this world and so loved the world 
in the name of Christ, that your testimony becomes the good news. Someone else has been waiting to receive. And then this blessing uh, over all of us, uh, over you, uh, as we go through this uh, week leading to the second Sunday of Lent. As you go out and come in, may God keep you by sunlight and moonlight. May Christ encompass you with love. And may the Holy Spirit empower you with new life now and forever.